Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of The Riff. My name's Dan and we're joined by Cameron. Cameron, how are you? Good, good thanks Dan. Nice to have you back. How you been? Very good. Yes, I took a week off uh, last week and you interviewed Mr. Stuart Ayres. How, how was that? Oh, it was great. Stuart's a legend. Uh, he talked about some real good uh, topics about Western mm. Sydney. Mm. Um, and there was a lot that he had to say that I really didn't know about his role. So I learned a lot and I hope all the listeners out there learned quite a bit as well. Yeah, I, I had to listen to it. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Very but good. now, um, no no use dwelling on the past. Mm. We're moving forward and we've That's got another, another big topic this week. Yeah, we do. Do you want to introduce it or shall I? Oh, I think this is this is your baby, Dan. All right. Okay. So today we're um we're going to talk a bit about workers compensation. Yep. Um now it's a yeah, it's a it's a massive area, so we're sort of uh just going to gloss over it. It's bit. like a beginner's guide to workers comp. Yeah, just comp. workers compensation 101. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So for us to be able to start with workers comp, mm. I think the big question here Dan is what is workers comp? What what does it mean? Yeah. I personally don't touch on this area whatsoever. Mm. So I know just as much as the average Joe out there. So, sure. so yeah. dumb it down for me. All Tell right. me right now, what is workers comp? Yeah, well, it's probably a good place to start. So it's a, um, oh, I, I should start by saying that we're talking about New South Wales only. Oh, so, of course. Yes. You know, every um, state and territory has a, has a slightly different system. Uh, but the, the general premise of workers comp is the same. It, it is um, designed to protect injured workers so if you're injured in the workplace and you you need to uh you know claim certain things it might be medical expenses or yep. you might not be able to work so you might need to get paid a weekly wage that's why the system is there and the system at least in new south wales it, well, it's compulsory for um most employers to have workers compensation okay. and and this um uh, it just saves employers being out of pocket, basically. Yeah. Yep. So, one thing that I have thought of straight away here is, does mm. it apply to full-time, casual, part-time, all workers, or is it just full-time? Or how does the system work with that? Um, that's a really good question, Cameron, uh, and also quite a complex question, but I'll just answer it simply. You need to meet the definition of a worker. So, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be an employee, uh, you meet the definition of a worker and at a, quite a basic level, the definition of a worker is very broad. So to answer okay. your question, yeah. the answer is yes. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. And I guess the definition of a worker is one of the issues where we lawyers would get involved to establish if someone's a worker or exactly not. Exactly right. Yeah. That's It's a hotly contested area. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it, it applies to quite a, a broad range of workers yep yep Yep. no that makes sense so one thing i do know about workers comp is that if you're an employee and you have an injury at work Mm. so it could be a fall it could be i don't know uh, what's another injury that you encounter usually is it usually falls or uh at work you get a lot of or it depends on the industry but you know the Lower back is, oh, okay, a, is, yeah. a, is a very common area yep, that, that yep. people so if, injure. Say, for instance, that's happened. Mm. The first thing that needs to happen is the employee needs to report it to the employer. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. There are several steps that a, a worker needs to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first is, yes, you should advise your employer of the injury. Yep. And they'll normally record it formally. 
Yep. And then you would need to obtain what's called a worker's injury claim form. That's, yep. that's what it's called. And that's a standard form? It's a standard form uh, that you can get from the either the workers' compensation insurer or through... Uh, CIRA, which is the governing body. It stands for the State Insurance Regulation Authority. Yep. So I get this form? Yeah. You I get the form. I fill out this form? Fill out the form. Give it to my employer? N- normally, you would give it to your your employer. There are situations, though, where the employment relationship has broken down. and Yeah, depending on the injury or whatever you, it is. The worker may be of the belief that the employer won't pass on the claim form to the workers' compensation insurer. In that case, you can go to the insurer directly, okay. but you're supposed to give the form to the employer, employer first. And the form should be accompanied by uh, what's called a certificate of capacity, which you need to get from normally your general practitioner, which will the where the general practitioner or the doctor will give an opinion as to the worker's work capacity, whether it's you know, no capacity at, at all, or if the worker has some capacity, yeah. you know, could for be a cu- light duty, couple of hours a day like or something. Yep. So you you would lodge the claim form and the certificate of capacity to your employer, and they would well, they're obliged to pass it on yep. to their workers' compensation insurer. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. Now, just from my readings that I've done over the week about this topic as well, I understand that there is time limits. Uh, yes. So you've got a time limit. So the general rule of thumb is that you have six months from the date of the injury to make a claim. Yeah, very generally, yep. you you have six months. You can get a you can get around that yep. um, in certain circumstances, but it's better to play it safe and make sure that the claim is lodged within six months. So really, if you were to get injured, you should really try and get onto this sooner rather than later. Yeah, lo- lots of people don't. You know yep. they. Um, you know, they just take the approach, let's see how it goes, let's see if the injury resolves, uh, and six months goes pretty quick. So it's all, it's always better to err on the side of caution yep. and just lodge the claim, even if there's nothing to be claimed at yep. that stage. Lodge the claim. Just to make sure that you're in time. Yeah, because certain injuries can be quite sinister, mm-hmm. and they may not even show up within the first six months. Yep. yep. So it's better just to have it lodged. And then... From how I understand this system, there's employee obligations and there's employer obligations. With the employee obligations, what do they have to do? Now, this is a really controversial area and and something that I deal with a lot. Yep. Most workers have to, you know, they're 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 a part of the the, the scheme, so they're they're an actor within the scheme, along with the workers' compensation insurer, along with the employer. What scheme are you talking about here? The, the workers' compensation okay, scheme. Yep. Yeah, and everyone has a role to play. Yep. Uh, including the worker, so the worker can't just lodge a claim and then just you know sort of sit back and reap the benefits. They've got things that they need to do. Which logically makes sense. Yeah. They need to, yeah. even though that they've been injured, they have certain obligations that they need to comply with to be able to That's right. get them back on their feet. That's right. So some of the more common obligations that the, um, that the employee must fulfill, that they have to normally on a monthly basis submit to the insurer a certificate of capacity just to keep the insurer updated. As and that's to, the one from the GP. That's right. Yep. So you've got to do that generally once a month. You need to comply with certain return to work obligations. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this is w- something that employees get very frustrated with because what normally happens, if if you have some capacity to work, yep, and especially when your employer cannot provide you with a suitable role, mm-hmm. you'll often see a return to work specialist get involved, normally arranged by the insurer, and they will help the the injured worker to get back into some some sort of work or some sort of suitable role and often the worker thinks that that's not something they need to do but it is especially if they have some capacity to work so yep. you need to work with the return to work specialist yep. and the workers compensation insurer yep. if you don't technically speaking you you can get kicked out of the system yeah, and then your you know weekly payments and or treatment expenses yep. won't be paid. And if for some reason you think something's going wrong, you know that you're not being treated the right way in the system. That's mm. another reason to come speak to someone like you. Absolutely, to try and you know figure it out because you may not even understand the system. It's a very complicated system, uh, and not many people know their 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 rights yep. within the system. Uh, it is worthwhile just speaking to someone. Yep. Even if it's just to get a better understanding of your entitlements. Yep. Yep. Okay. So let's use an example like we usually do. Mm. I'm here at work here in Penrith and I trip down the stairs mm-hmm. and I break my ankle. Yep. As we know from my job as a lawyer, my job incurs some walking, but mm-hmm. I probably, if I was, say, in a moon boot, I'd mm. still be able to do the majority. That's right. Job. Yeah. Um, so let's say that this uh, professional you've spoken about comes in and assesses <coughs> me and says, Cameron mm. needs to be on light duties. Mm. We go through that process then. After that step has happened, and let's say that I'm still, I don't know, I, I, I'm still, my ankle's worse than, or my foot was mm. worse than first was thought. Mm-hmm. What can I claim then? What Can I claim, claim money? Do I claim leave? Like, what's the go here? So, in, in, in your case, working predominantly in an office, it's more than likely that you, you won't need a lot of time off. Yep. So, your claim would probably centre around treatment. Yep. Um, whether that be non-invasive treatment like yep. physiotherapy or invasive treatment like you need some sort of surgical procedure. Yep. So tr- tr- I think in your example, treatment would be the, the primary claim. Yep. And how's that paid? Do I pay for that? No. Does the scheme pay for So you, you would need to have a, a treatment plan approved by the insurer. Okay. And then normally what happens is the treating provider would bill the insurer direct. Yep. But the important thing to, to remember is is that the treatment must be pre-approved by the yep. insurer. Yep. So you can't go out and incur the expense and then claim it back. On oh, the, wow. In, okay. Yeah. And that's I guess that's something, that's a key takeaway, isn't it? Yeah. You used to be able to, but you can't anymore. Yep. Uh, so it needs to be pre-approved. Right. And that can often be quite frustrating because treatment is, is often needed quickly. Yep. The general rule of thumb is that the treatment must be approved or not approved by the insurer within 21 days. Okay. Okay. Uh, and there's there is some emergency treatment you can get without depending on the injury. Yeah. So if you need certain emergency treatment, you yep. can do that without pre-approval. Yep. But generally, things like physiotherapy or surgery needs to be pre pre-approved. Okay. Say for instance, my ankle slash foot is really bad Mm. and I end up having surgery. Mm -hmm. Surgery doesn't go well and for some reason I can't walk Mm. ever again. Yep. And due to that, I can't return to my job for a period of time. Mm. Let's say two to three years. 
at the moment. Yeah. What happens then? Can I still claim my wage? Or yeah, if, if it turns out that you can't return to work and therefore earn a wage, the idea of the scheme is that the workers' compensation insurer kicks in yep. and pays you a weekly wage. Yep. Now, I should say something about the weekly wage. The, the weekly wage doesn't last forever. How long does it last for? There are some rules around that, but I'll, I'll just be really general, otherwise we'll be here all day. And this is all general advice anyway, so yeah, that's fine. That's right. So generally speaking, the weekly wage won't go past five years. Right. Unless you are injured to such an extent that you are allowed to receive payments after five years. So that's a matter for a a doctor to assess but if if you meet certain there are certain injury thresholds you need to meet which are set by the state government yeah and if you meet or exceed those injury thresholds you can receive weekly payments after five years Mm -hmm. Um, but we're talking let's just say five years for now yeah so look that's quite general the other thing is your medical expenses won't last forever either generally speaking your medical expenses will expire two years after... Well, let's use your example. Yep. So you're paid a weekly wage. Yep. If, if you are fit to return to work, yep. your medical expenses will then expire two years after your last weekly payment from the insurer. Okay. Okay. So yep, that makes sense. Once you're back at work, you know, you were earning, you're earning the same wage that you were or more. Yep before you were injured, then you've got a two-year window to claim medical expenses. Again, that's general. You can't. There, there are many situations where you can claim medical expenses for life, yep. but again, you need to meet certain thresholds. injury thresholds. Yep. That's fine. Uh, in respect of other things that you can claim, uh, in, in you know, quite serious cases, you, can, you could claim for domestic assistance. So if you can't do certain things in and around the house, you can claim for that. Um, that might be domestic assistance provided by family or friends. Yep. Or it could be domestic assistance provided by commercial provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another thing I should note, which is not generally um, sort of advertised by workers' compensation insurers when you make a claim, is that you do have the ability to claim a lump sum payment. So this, I, I just want to be clear here, this is not suing your employer for negligence yep. and getting a huge amount of money, this is a statutory right that allows you to make a claim for a certain amount of money based on your injury. Now, again, just being very general, there are certain injury thresholds you have to meet to claim a lump sum payment. Yep. So it used to be that in almost all cases, any injury in the workplace, you could claim some sort of lump sum payment but in 2012, the state government changed that yep. and they set a, a bar, a threshold that injured workers have to meet in order to claim a lump sum payment. Okay. But that's just another entitlement that you yep. can claim on top of things like you know, domestic assistance, treatment expenses. I think a key thing to wages. touch on here as well is that the workers' comp insurer will also maybe assist, say, for instance, me here with some other form of training so that I could do some other type of job. That's a good point, yes. That's not often something that lawyers get involved in, but no. if you need to, if if you're in a situation yeah, where you can't return to your pre-injury role yeah. um, or you can't return to your, your chosen career, 
there is scope for the insurer to to pay for your retraining yep. to a certain extent. Yeah, to a yep. certain extent. Okay, so good, we've good established that with the things that the worker can mm. claim, yep. the injured worker mm-hmm. can claim. There's two other things that I have a question about. Sure. Say, for instance, I trip down the stairs mm-hmm. um, and I die. Don't do that. I know, that'd be pretty bad, mm. but it could happen. Mm. What happens in that situation then? Is a workers' comp system kick into place? Yes. In, in most cases, there is provision within the workers' compensation system um, to provide compensation in, in a situation where a worker dies. Okay. Uh, so it's a very unfortunate situation, um, but it, it, it's reality. It yep. does happen sometimes. The, the current system provides for a, a lump sum benefit, uh, which I think currently is, is just under $800,000. Yep. And it is paid to dependents of the worker. So kids... Yeah, spouse, kids, spouse, very De common facto. examples. But this can be. This is a very hotly contested area of workers' compensation law. Who is a dependent? Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll see certain people come out of the woodwork and say, "Well, I was dependent on this deceased worker." It's the same with the state law. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it's often difficult to prove or disprove that a, a particular person was dependent on a worker, but. Cameron, as you just said, there are very obvious examples, kids, spouse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two other claims I just want to... Oh, sorry, Cameron. Yep. Can I just interrupt you for yeah, a second? Yeah, yeah. I, I should just go back and say that that, that um, lump sum of just under $800,000, that's not per dependent. That would be oh, it's all apportioned yeah. between you know the extent of the dependency. Yep, yep. yep. No, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, I was just going to say there's two other claims I just want to touch on briefly. Sure. First one is journey claims. So mm. if I'm traveling to work, yeah. you know, I have to travel to work to get to work. I don't live Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Yeah, most and people do. Yeah. I'm in a car crash and something happens. Mm. Am I covered under workers' comp? No. 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 Oh. You're not. You know what? I think that's a common misconception there. It is. It is a common misconception because you used to be. And that's, you know, th- that's where the the term journey claims came from is it yep. used to be able to to make a claim if you were involved in some sort of accident or you injured yourself even walking to and from work yep but you can't do it now again there were all these big changes in 2012 uh, and i think the idea behind it it was more of a policy decision is that if you're injured to and from work yep you in most cases you're probably going to be covered under the CTP green slip scheme. Oh, okay, which is a different scheme. We which is a different scheme. That's future. that's a different podcast. But okay. um, yeah, at a at a basic level, if you're travelling to and from work and you you suffer uh, some sort of injury, you can't make a claim. It is different if you are not travelling to and from work, but let's say, for example, Cameron, you need to go out and see a client. Yep. You're going to go and draft a will. And if you're on on your way to or from that appointment, say at someone's house or at an you know aged care facility, yep. you, you'd be covered. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So it's just the travelling to and from work to my home, or generally speaking, yes, that's okay. right. And also, I've heard of third party claims. What what are they? Yeah, so in the in the context of um, uh, employees or workers, what lawyers generally look out for is if there's a third party involved. So where it's just a direct relationship between, say, employee and employer, yep. you might just 
be able to go through the workers' compensation system. Yep. But probably better to give you an example. A very common example is labour hire. So in a situation where uh, a worker goes through a recruiter yep. and then the recruiter places them at what's commonly known as the host employer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not directly employed by the host employer. Yep. That's a, that is a situation where, you know, think of a triangle here. Yep. You've got the worker, the recruiter, and the host employer, which, you know, might be a warehouse or something of that nature. Or a nurse, agency nurse or yep. something like yep. that. Yep. So you might be working at a hospital, but you're not employed directly by the hospital. Yep. That quote-unquote host employer doesn't fall under workers' compensation. They fall under a different area of law, right? Which can often result in, you know, much larger claims. Yep. So it's just something to to consider. Keep in mind. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So I can gather that it's very confusing. Mm. So, from what I'm thinking, just here is, if something like this happened to me and I didn't know what was going on, I'd go see a lawyer. Yeah. So there are certain circumstances where you would need to just go and see. A solicitor. If you're injured in the in the workplace, you should probably go and see a lawyer anyway. But the more the more common examples of of when and why lawyers get involved usually centre around a dispute with the workers' compensation insurer. So if they're disputing or they're declining to pay you a wage or they're declining to pay you certain treatment, that's when lawyers get involved. Yep. yep. Um, we fight for your rights. That's right. Exactly. If you're interested in making a, a lump sum claim. Uh, which, again, is not something that the insurer is going to tell you about. Uh, you should come and see a lawyer. Yep. Uh, certainly, if you're in a situation where, um, you know, you've got the sort of third-party host employer like we talked about previously. Or your spouse or partner has passed away or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or a death claim. You know, these can be quite complex. Um, so, uh, yeah, good So, to really, s- good to everything we've been advice. speaking yeah. about so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Lawyer is involved now, has the dispute resolved? What, what do we do then? I guess it depends on the type of dispute. Yeah, I mean, each dispute is different, but workers' compensation in New South Wales has the Workers' Compensation Commission, so it's like court for workers' compensation. So uh, being quite general again, if, if there's a dispute with the insurer, you can lodge proceedings in the Workers' Compensation Commission yep. and, it, and it's, it will be resolved one way or the other in the commission yep yep okay question that i have mm. now this is my own personal question mm. how do lawyers get paid in this system yeah that's a really good question and again something that is uh often the subject of misconception mm-hmm. workers compensation lawyers should be uh what's called approved by WIRO. WIRO is an acronym it stands for the workers compensation independent review office yep Simply speaking, you could think of a workers' compensation lawyer as like akin to legal aid. Oh, right. Okay. So if a a WIRO-approved lawyer assists you in resolving a dispute, they will be paid by WIRO. WIRO is like a government agency that that pay lawyers' costs. So it doesn't come out of the amount that I'd be awarded. No, that's right. So... You know, if you're awarded a certain amount of money... So I get $75,000? I get my 75000 That goes to you, and then I go off and apply to WIRO for my costs, which are regulated. So are you WIRO approved then? 
I certainly am. Oh, good yes. to know. Good to know. I didn't know any mm. other ones that were. So that's mm. that's mm. a good start. Okay, I got my bills paid. I've got my money for mm-hmm. my injury. That's always good. Yep. Now, <laughs> what happens if I do get injured? I fall down the stairs here mm-hmm. and I find out that our work here at Adams and Partners doesn't have a workers' comp policy of insurance in place. What do I do? Oh, uh, right. So if you're not insured. Yeah, that, look, that can be a bit of a problem. What What normally happens is there's a... Within the workers' compensation scheme, uh, there's something called the uh, nominal insurer. Mm-hmm. Basically, what well, you know, what that means is really the scheme has a, a sort of sink fund, I suppose, for um, employers who fail to take out insurance. Yep. So the the workers' compensation system will will be able to um, that can kick in. Yeah, that can kick in and and pay the injured worker their entitlements, but what will generally happen is then the the system, the workers' compensation system is going to seek to recover their money so they'll, from they'll the, employer. Go after the employer. So they'll yeah. go after the employer and it can often be a horrendous amount of money so, which the employer has to pay. So from what you're telling me, if you run a company or a business out there, get your workers' comp insurance. Yeah, just yeah, don't run the risk. No. And, and look, that, that even applies if you don't employ anyone. If yeah. you're just working for yourself. Uh, it's just not worth worth the risk. So, say for instance, I'm a sole trader, mm. and I, I don't know I'm a bricklayer, mm. for instance, and I go out and I have a workers' comp policy, mm. and I get injured mm. throughout my job. Yep. Who do I take action against? Yeah, so you just you're just going to make a claim directly in that case directly to the workers' compensation right. insurer, okay. and they'll you know if you need time off work or treatment, they'll they'll pay. Yeah, and yeah. that'll go through what we spoke about before. That's the right. Yeah. Okay. That's happened. My employer, we've established, has insurance and I've gone yep. through the scheme. Yep. What happens though if the reason for my accident is due to their negligence? You know, there's no handrail on the stairs. Yeah. The stairs are wet, something like that. Can I take further action as well? Yeah, that's a very good question. So I should note that all of what we've we talked about so far is nothing to do with suing your employer no, it's going through a system. That's right. So you, you, you hear this a lot. Can I sue my employer? I want to sue my employer. The prerequisite in New South Wales for suing your employer for negligence yep. is you have to go get through the workers' compensation system first. Right. You generally can't just sue your employer. No. To sue your employer... And look, this is, this is a topic for another podcast because yep. this is quite complicated. But being brief here, to sue your employer... Again, you need to meet certain injury thresholds. So you need to be injured to a certain extent to even be able to consider suing your employer. So, you know, there are situations where your employer might be exquisitely negligent, but <laughs> you may have only suffered a very minor injury. Yeah, so it's and once in a again, situation like that, you wouldn't be able to sue the employer. Yeah, once again, case by case. Or case if by case. If you don't know yeah. what's going on, come speak to Dan because Dan is the man to help you with your workers' comp. Thanks for that plug, Cameron. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, really, is there anything else that we really need to touch upon today or if there's much outcry out there? Oh, well, sorry. Hang on a second, Dan. I've actually just got an email here from one of our listeners oh, that I right. forgot to bring up. Yeah, what is uh, it? So this email here just touches on workers' comp and right. states that they saw on TV private investigators that come uh, out and yeah. be yeah. like, they see someone walking down the street that's claiming they have a broken yeah, leg, and yeah. you know, and then they stop yeah. getting their workers' comp insurance. Yeah, surely that's not real, is it? Look, that that does happen. Um, in in certain cases, 
especially the, the, the larger cases, yep. insurers will hire private investigators. It's wow. not uncommon. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that was just the Hollywood... No, no. It, you know, it's becoming less common since um, the government has... You know, this, this sort of area is more and more regulated and it's becoming more and more difficult to, to make a claim. To or rot claim the system. To, yeah, to rot the system, I, I suppose. Um, uh, so, it, yeah, private investigators are, are, are playing a lesser role in the scheme, but they're still used. So wow. just, you need to be a bit careful, as you said, Cameron, rotting the system. No. Okay. Mm. Well, look, I um, I feel like I know a lot more about workers' comp, Dan. So That's thank good. you for... for telling me about workers comp and letting right. everybody else out there know about it uh, anything else you just want to say no i think that's it I, it's probably just um in closing uh, worth saying that you know what we've spoken about is is very very general we've mm-hmm. really just glossed over it there's there's a lot more to it and you know i could probably talk for the rest of the day about it but you love your workers comp don't yeah you? yeah uh, but i won't i think we'll just we'll leave it there and if anyone has any questions they can send us an email yeah send us an email to info at adamslawyers.com.au and if you enjoyed the podcast today please leave us a review or a five-star rating that would be great uh, and if you want to hear another podcast in the future about workers comp in more detail let us know go from there on that note Dan thanks for joining me today that's alright pleasure thanks everyone and uh, we'll be back soon guys see you next time guys